0: We say
1: things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello yeah. everybody, welcome to We Say Things, episode 103, Sunspan here with Cinderin. Hello. 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 Hello, Shannon. Hello. How are you? H- Hello. <laughs> What's Hello. up? How are you doing?
0: I'm, I'm all right. How are you?
1: That's great to hear. He That's just came great. off a hot
0: Valorant win.
1: Yep. Uh, I thought it would be quick. So he started throwing on purpose uh, because I didn't want it to end too soon and then it ended up almost going to overtime. So, uh, you know, things like this happen. What's the lesson to time. there, Shannon? What did you uh, learn? Not, not to be a piece of shit, probably. Uh, I think that would be. Don't throw.
0: The... It's never a good reason to throw.
1: Yeah, I agree. I am actually putting something brand new in the outline because something just happened uh, 36 minutes oh. ago. So let me. Put that in here real quick, and we can get started with the patron shout-outs for the week, Cinder. And while I do that, uh, let me take the first half. Thank yep. you, as always, to our inbruch tier, Mr. Lucas Frankel. They're wiping their butts in the fountain with thousand dollar bills. Please, Nerf Fountain. Thank you for that name, by the way. That's great. I like yes. turtles, a TI equivalent for Division II teams. Tell Contar Prime, I listened to this podcast ironically, losing a 70-minute game to Suns fan Pango as PL, but not ghosting the stream. Oh, actually, I do remember this game. I've had three 60-plus-minute games in the last three days. Uh, it was nice playing against you. Good, sir. Uh, when Cinderin finally... You won. It's only because I won. That was the one out of the three that I did win. Uh, when Cinderin finally got an emotion chip in Star Trek Insurrection, I remember squeezing my GF's hand with hope in my heart. Chakar, Boyko Ustavko Mutro, The Pope. We Say Thongs, a footwear or undies podcast, T.I. in New Zealand, Zan Xavier, Suns fan Pudge Omega Lull, As much as Nate Thicko01 Hamscrotz misses Fellowship the Ping, he'll settle for Perka the Dirk a close second. Bacon, and then... Almost vetoed by Cinderin, but I gave the okay. I didn't veto,
0: I asked you. <laughs> gripping, I don't mind.
1: This, it's good that this episode is not sponsored. Uh, gripping my dad's dickhead so tight until it turns purple, just like the color of heroes when they get hit by Maledict. Cinderin?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, lick, Shark TM, Novi Panda, Dop. Eating neck makes you happy and healthy. Underscore Man, Ben Broomhead has been lazy with his Patreon. Sorry, happy 100 episodes, though it's been a wild ride. I'll get around to it eventually. What is it now? 104
1: mm-hmm. or 304? Something three.
0: Yeah. Uh, Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Dun Talk, Anonymous, Soldier Boy, Artie's Nuts. Okay, uh, Peter. The plural of octopus is octopuses. Nibbling, Ronnie Keel, and Perka the Dirk.
1: Is that true? You can't
0: say octopi, even. You actually can't say that. Huh?
1: Well, he, I think he might be trolling as well. It's, a, it's like a 50-50 with him, whether he's telling the truth or trolling. So I actually Let's don't say. know. Because everybody told me back in the day that it's cacti, as the plural for cactus. But actually, both cacti and cactuses is, in fact, correct, which is interesting. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, NBA segment of the week, Cinderin. Uh, just... You know, Suns, they lost the game finally, so now we're second. We're just going back and forth. The playoffs do begin in about a week and a half to two weeks. Very exciting stuff. Uh your question about the NBA is what is an and one? An and
0: one. And one. And one. And one. Um It's like, um, it's when the match is over and you're talking to your friends and something like really crazy happened in the game that was way more important than the victory. So then it's like an afterthought that you won the game. So you're like, holy shit. There was a guy who started throwing up on the field. The the game was fucking crazy. Like everything wild happened, but and won.
1: So you're saying and our W-O-N. team went fucking crazy.
0: Everything went to shit and one.
1: That's that's actually very uh, creative. W O N. It didn't even cross my mind. It's O N E and one. It basically means uh, when you shoot a shot and get fouled and the shot goes in. That's an and one. And it's also something that players start have started screaming recently in order to get the refs to call fouls, even when they don't make the shot. They look like idiots. Like and one. The foul wasn't called, and they didn't make the shot. It's very common in the NBA. Why, so it means, is,
0: why is it called and one?
1: So and one, it's actually, it's, I was thinking about this a little bit. So the original meaning is you you shoot the shot, you make it, and the and one is the one point at the free throw line that you shoot, right? But it's kind of had a reverse meaning, meaning because of the foul thing where the and one is you get fouled and you made a bucket. I think either interpretation is correct. Um. It but only
0: yeah. really makes sense with the one where you get to shoot for a point.
1: It, it makes sense for both, actually. Because let's really? say you, you shoot the shot, you make I'm it. I'm pretty in the call sure foul I am I...
0: an expert here, and I decide whether it makes sense. All right, sense sounds
1: good. Yes, uh, good. Second quick thing that this happened both times, but I actually forgot about forgot to talk about this last week. I got my second Pfizer shot, Cinderin yes, last week. Nice. Uh, last time I talked about the vaccine, we lost one subscriber. He was very angry, actually, very <laughs> upset that I was telling people to get vaccines. I truly am sorry for telling you not to be a stupid, stupid idiot, but feel free to unsubscribe if you'd like. So I got Pfizer number two uh, for both yes. v- vaccines. Uh, I've heard from you know varying people that the first one, not really too much of a reaction to, and then the second one gets... Again, I don't know how many people, but a lot of people were saying that the second one can get you like in terms of having the chills or a fever or something like that, and I know my mom and my brother had the same one, and they got it before me, and they didn't have any reaction, so I was expecting no reaction just because of the you know the DNA and whatnot, although there's right. some aspect to like being younger that mm-hmm. could make it worse actually initially, but no reaction I've had zero side effects. And in about one week, I will get the okay to be, quote-unquote, fully vaccinated, so I can go to restaurants. Of course, still will be wearing masks and whatnot, but I can actually go to a fucking restaurant for the first time in 14 months. Isn't that incredible? That's Holy shit. Incredible. It's insane how long it's been. Is
0: Nikki vaccinated, too?
1: Yeah, we got it the same day, so... Okay good stuff how did
0: it go for her any side effects or anything or
1: no i was expecting her i mean she uh, yeah nice she has a weaker immune system than me that's for sure but she was perfectly fine so yeah
0: i'm glad we got that jab
1: in there okay yeah that's true it's always always something to say okay let's get started with the episode um 7.29c was released Cinderin.
0: oh sorry i'm being asked if i'm vaccinated let's just answer that first um i think the danish vaccination from what i've gathered it's been currently it's been delayed further so my expected first shot is what was it mid july i think yeah so two months away is my expected first
1: have you been to a restaurant or anything I don't know how it is in Europe versus... Uh, yeah, things one.
0: are a little bit different in Denmark. You are allowed to go to restaurants if you have a uh, recent corona test that is negative. Hmm. So you need to be able to show that on arrival. And I think they last... Is it three days or something? There's like a grace period. Um, well, to be clear... It's been a while since we've sat down to eat somewhere. Depending I, on what state... I don't remember when it was. Probably last year
1: yeah last year that makes sense i mean depending on what state you're in the there's basically no restrictions to go to restaurants it's just me and nikki trying to be the right person you know trying to be the right oh, type of person to that's good not try to spread even if we have no symptoms not to spread it to other people that may not be able i can to applaud get
0: it. that because you really love going out to eat so god i do that's a pretty big commitment to not
1: do you know that. i've ordered a lot of chipotle this last year it's actually hilarious to look at my bank statements also hilarious to see how many times I've had to ask for a refund because it's arrived cold, which is actually consistent. So I guess I'm saving a lot of money eating cold fucking food every day.
0: How can food arrive cold in Arizona?
1: Well, because it takes them forever to move, to get the fucking Chipotle from ten minutes away. It takes they predict yeah, it's it'll like hundred
0: Celsius outside, so it can't cool.
1: Well, it they actually put it in aluminum, so it doesn't cool as fast, but it actually works against them in the Arizona heat, right? Because they take so fucking long to bring it here, it's gonna get cold, and now the heat from the outside is not affecting it, so, you know. It is what it is, <laughs> Cinder Man. Anyway, uh, 7.29C was released. Yes. Tell me what has... Okay, well, I'll tell you the one that caught my eye, which is expecting for 7.29A and B. Beastmaster! Aghanim Scepter! Yes no longer provides bonus damage so it went from 40 to 30 to zero thoughts
0: i think something was needed that's a pretty 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 big nerf um but i mean it was obvious that something was going to happen right with the access build it was just dumb so um now that that's gone the hero is way less favored uh what they did instead was they buffed a couple of other things about him he got a slightly better aura he got slightly better talents um oh some of them rather the roar talent on 20 also got nerfed because that was also bonkers it's probably still crazy um but yeah good let's just say that's good and be happy with that yes um, I feel like he's gonna we'll also say I,
1: I, just really quickly. I, mm-hmm. I understand why they're trying to, you know, why they were trying to make that build work because Necronomicon was literally that hero, and now mm-hmm. he just kind of doesn't have an identity. So, but he was so popular in the last patch anyway. Like, I don't think anybody's really gonna miss not having around for a bit while they figure it out. You know, yeah, right. Except for um, offline players.
0: Then we have. I guess nerf to Solar Crest is worth mentioning. Minus 10 attack speed. This item was deemed incredible when it came out. It's starting to get nerfs. Um, <laughs> Dawnbreaker got a pretty substantial agility nerf. It's noticeable. I still think the hero is very good. Centaur got nerfed on hoof stomp levels. Cooldown?
1: Oh, quickly deserved. about Dawnbreaker. Like, mm-hmm. Last time we talked about it, you said that at your level, a lot of people thought it was kind of a trolley pick. And... The games that I've watched, like via Dota TV and the high level, and the games I'm involved in, which are like Ancient Divine or whatever, the Mm. hero feels still really like definitely better than an average hero. I would expect more nerfs in the future, potentially. Um,
0: I think Dawn has gone through some waves, right? The first patch, when it just came out, it was undertuned like crazy. And that's when people were like, don't pick Dawnbreaker, it's garbage. Then it got buffed a lot, and then the mentality kind of stuck that the hero is bad until people started seeing what it could really do when it was played well, and people like learned it. And after that point, it was widely considered, okay, this hero is too strong. <laughs> so it's kind of had the whole like range of terrible to overpowered within like one week. And then it got tweaked, and people got better at playing against it. And I think now it's sitting at a win rate of 50.5 in Divine Plus, which is... It might sound really balanced on paper. It's kind of hard to gauge whether that's good or bad for this hero, because it has games where it like completely takes off, and then there's games where it feels relatively underwhelming. Um, but I still think a large part of that is the player, not the hero. I think there's like a really wide span of how good people are at this when they pick it right now. So
1: that's most
0: true. other heroes are more streamlined, right? When people have played them for months, than like a clear expectancy. Uh...
1: A specific position is more common than another, and at your
0: most play it three, I think on average most play three, mm. and I think its best roles are two three and five. Or sorry, two three and four. Um, yeah, I, found... I have played it carry. I popped off completely in that game, but it was one game, so it could you know could easily be an anomaly. I'll have to try it more to to see if that's the case.
1: For but... people at my level, if you want to take advantage of some free MMR advice. Uh... Dawnbreaker. first of all, I can't get banned if you if it's not banned in the first phase. If you just pick it first, it cannot be banned right mm-hmm. now. Uh, if somebody picks it, I mean, at the same time, you, it basically whoever picks it first gets it. And the fact that you can pick it first and nobody knows what position it is, I think is pretty strong because it's kind of up in the air, especially at our level. And I think mid is extremely strong. You just max out your W, you push out the waves, you go farm jungle, you just go back and forth with the bottle. Like, mid is super easy mode. Like, if I'm winning lanes consistently... Yeah. It's fucking easy mode and really good. So, And it's a good hero that like you need some initiation, somebody to initiate, so you can actually use your ult on top of them. That's kind of the, the big Yep. Hero. But she is good. That's
0: the number one thing I've gathered as well from playing a lot of games on this hero, is my most miserable experiences is when we have no catch. Because yep. it makes your ult literally only a counterplay. And it's such a big part of it that you can use it aggressively. It's like, imagine you play Spectre, and you can't use Haunt to kill anyone, ever. You can only use it when the enemy team goes on you. That's also gimping yourself super hard, right? It's
1: kind of like so. having life stealer with zero life stealer bomb in the game. Like, nobody that initiates where you can just get that burst kill.
0: Yeah, it's, that's kind of similar, too. Yeah.
1: Okay, anything else from this patch that uh, catches um, your Hoodwink
0: eye? got multiple buffs on Bushwhack, which I think is deserved. I think this hero was getting nerfed too hard. Uh, it's been played more recently because of this, and it looks better. Uh, I don't think this hero is overpowered. I know people are a little bit torn about this. The main thing that makes it awkward is... So you like talking about like design that's clunky or that you find just annoying to play or whatever. Mm. One of Hoodwink's biggest problems is that there's just so many conditions and situations in the game that are annoying to you. Like Anything that breaks trees breaks your stun. You have allies that you struggle super hard to play with because of that. Like, if there's a Batrider or a Timber in your team, half of the fights your spells don't hit. And if they do, they get removed. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the fact that people that are invisible don't get hit by your bushwhack. You have the fact that your ulti got nerfed, so it doesn't give vision anymore. So it's hard to hit unless you're fighting literally in out in the open. It has that long wind-up time where you can't move. Like, there's just a lot of limitations to the hero. But... In the right type of game and in the right type of fights, it's fucking amazing. But there's also a lot of times where you see Hoodwinks just feel kind of meh. And it has a lot of struggles when heroes get close to it really fast. Like Storm, uh, Illusion Carries, all this stuff. So, yeah. I think, all in all, people have really differing opinions on this. I do not think the hero is broken. Um,
1: But it will look great sometimes. Based on, I mean, it's only been a few games in NADPC that people have picked it. It felt like a troll pick where, like, a literal troll, not troll warlord, um, <laughs> where it it just had zero impact on the game. Like, I can't tell it's doing anything useful that another hero couldn't just replicate even better. Yeah. But, no, I agree. Like, the, the whole, you brought this up last time, the whole, like, Windranger shackling, but you remove the tree, it's still shackled, but Hoodwink mm-hmm. doesn't get the same treatment. It feels like that's kind of weird, and it's not like that would make Hoodwink broken. It would make her better for sure, but I'd say she's still underpowered.
0: But it's... It would make her way less frustrating. I think that's also a big part of it. It's just super unrewarding to land your spells and then they don't work. Hmm. Um, I also discovered, I think yesterday or the day before, bushwhack can't hit heroes that are flying. So, Oh, really? We had a combo where we, we had Tusk and Hoodwink in the same team, and when Tusk used Walrus Punch and you bushwhacked, it wouldn't land. It just missed the hero completely, I mean, even though they're next sense. to trees.
1: That makes sense physically.
0: <laughs> yeah no it doesn't work <laughs> so so that was also annoying so even that like there's just so many like it might sound like yeah but how often does that happen like if there's like four different conditions where your spell doesn't work it happens really often that's just like you need to have any of these 10 15 heroes as your teammate there's going to be situations where you have to think twice about casting your spells and it just makes you second guess yourself it makes it harder to play um and every time you second guess yourself, you miss opportunities, or you yolo them, and then it fails too. So it's just, it's just annoying um, that it's like that. I fucking love the hero, by the way. So I just hope these things get changed. Like let it hit flying units, and don't break the stun when people break the tree. If that's considered too strong, then I would rather nerf something else. So it still feels like you're hitting your spell. Um, yeah.
1: Have you tried her ags or shard yet?
0: Yes, the ags I've tried. Uh And I've seen people go a build with it where they go either veil into it or vessel into it or something else uh, and the shard is uh, the scepter is really good
1: really? it is
0: really good, especially if you build it with the right kind of team comp that truly takes advantage of the hunter's mark okay so that's a that's a good axe, and it's good for the hero because she doesn't really need to buy any items. We talked about that a couple of episodes ago that the hero's very like flexible with with builds so you can buy that if you want to. Right.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, I think that's pretty much the biggest nerf. So we got a little bit of a nerf on the little shredder, which is kind of insane. When it got buffed, Snapfire's third spell. Um, and then the rest is just a little bit of stat changes.
1: They also got yeah. rid of the maximum the move biggest. speed unlock for Brood's Scepter. So again, more True. movement speed stuff being put, like restrictions, I guess yeah. you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, what actually breaks... The unlock that does Nick still break it with his shard? No, that got removed
0: too. I think. Is that uh, the patch before I think. So? Like what spirit do do? Like, breaker charge.
1: When I watch Lycan Blood run, run is it just me? Or it looks like slow motion. That hero, Lycan. Blood no, Lycan. Or Lycan. Feels so I slow. think
0: Lycan still does the same. Isn't it 550?
1: No.
0: Is it 550? That might have been nerfed too. I actually don't remember. But I just remember Spirit Breaker, the Charge, game. Bloodseeker Sorry. are the only ones that come to mind right now. There's probably more. Weaver got removed the... as well. The Shikuchi thing.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Surge is also only haste, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Super welcome change, by the way. Like, watching these race cars drive around was weird. I, I, I think, honestly, the way I feel about the game right now, and i'm obviously biased cuz there was a lot of stuff i really like i was passionate about that got implemented in the game in some capacity i think this is the best patch we've had in years like actually right now it's great um, yeah i agree i'm really enjoying dota the way it works and i think it's just been it just it feels whenever there's a new patch it feels fresh but in a way this feels it feels a bit more like the game you remember if that makes sense like, the game just got too... There were a lot of things that felt too wild and too crazy, and, like, they were gone... They pulled too far. And now Dota feels a bit more like how I remember it from a couple of years ago. It, that's the vibe I'm getting when I play the game. There's still some things that are fast, like... Carries are getting really rich really quickly. There's a lot of items. But apart from the overall wealth on the map, I think the flow of the game, the movement... Uh, yeah, mobility spell casting range all this stuff feels more original in a
1: way i agree they've deleted so, like half the stuff nice. they put in over a course of three four years literally right they've deleted yeah, a lot, of, so a lot
0: stuff of stuff now. that got removed or changed and i just i just but, really think it's for the better
1: but wow. having said that, like the shards when they came out, I found it amazing just because it gives you it more versatility. Mm-hmm. Of course, a lot of them were like pretty broken, but now they've kind of been toned down to some degree. Minus like the heroes like Beastmaster that were just beyond broken. I don't know why that took them a month to fix, but yeah, I agree. Think the game just doesn't feel uh, as fixed or as monotonous as before. Having said that, I think High Ground still a little bit too difficult against certain heroes. Again, this is just my pub. Well, actually not just my pub experience; it's for pro play as well and Roche number two, too strong. I think those two right. still... Right, I think
0: that's the next step, is nerf Roche number two. I agree.
1: Okay. Uh, oh, one thing I was a little bit surprised not to see, because uh, it's getting banned consistently in pubs now, is Axe. Uh, mm-hmm. The build that I've been trying to do for <laughs> a year, and it keeps getting buffed and buffed and buffed, and <laughs> uh, I think the thing I was doing wrong, although it still felt really strong in my games, is I was going Vanguard, Blink, Blade Mail, and then Manta and with shard obviously but the blade mill is not really needed i've been told by pro players so you just go vanguard blink you know manta slash shard immediately it's really strong right now
0: and you see a lot of games people even skip the blink and go vanguard into manta first
1: yeah but i wouldn't do that but if you're mid
0: maybe no i'm i'm not really a fan of the build either like i see people do it on carry axe safe lane i see them do it on offlane axe and every time like man you would be so much more useful if you had a dagger first. Oh, Almost every part. time. Yeah. Well, what
1: do you think of the build in general? Do you like it for the game? Because I hope they don't get rid of it. Because we've seen this. Yeah,
0: I, think, I think it's fun and fine. I don't mind. Um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, the appeal, you get the appeal of buying the Manta first, right? It's people that love seeing gold on their account, right? You, you farm, you split push. Mm. You can get so much gold because you can push two lanes at once while jungling and whatever. But you just miss the timing that your team gets when you get Blink. And Manta is an expensive item, so you need to farm for a long time to get it. And that means in that time you're not really contributing. And now ultimately, when you get your full build, you're holding yourself up against the enemy team having a carry that has Scotty S and Y. And do you do the same as them? I don't know. My experience with carry acts has been people that skip blink, I think it's lost every game I've been in so far. Um, right,
1: people are so. trying to innovate, right? There's always room right, right. for
0: that. I mean, I, I totally get it. I'm just not a fan of the build order. I'm a fan of the build so vanguard dagger and then manta is the shit i think
1: okay all right so that's 7.29 no i i agree like the the game just feels in a, for the most part in a really good spot right now obviously a couple things i would want changed and i think at least some of that will be eventually but yeah it's looking good even with status yeah. resistance still in the game you're loving it huh Cinderin? that's great to hear because i love status resistance yeah i can love.
0: see through that because of all the good things that's good. And you should remember, status just got nerfed. Satanic lost it, which is a really big deal as well. Like but that was part of the dumb build, right? Where people would dispelled. go S and Y, Satanic.
1: Dude. That got removed. Building Satanic as like a third item on Life Lifestealer against a silencer feels amazing. Right. Like anytime yeah, I mean, you can just that We can just discuss whether Satanic, Satanic is oh. fair
0: in different ways, but at least the so status resistance is nice. gone. So, so okay. that's kind of nice. That is point. 7. What 7. even IC. has status resist now? Titan sliver, S and Y... Well, any sage item,
1: so yeah, halberd,
0: halberd, yeah. So it's the Sanj items and sliver.
1: Is that it? Um, is there another neutral item? Trident is gone, so that might be it. Actually, I think so.
0: There's not that many sources. It's it's mainly. I mean, just having Sanj. said
1: that, even though I'm a huge Sange buyer, uh, that item still still probably a little bit too strong. I feel like. You're playing a Bristle, a life, like anybody Hmm. that, I don't know, it just feels like you buy that item, just Sange, and you can actually hold on to it and go for something else without having to actually upgrade. That's when you know that an item is a little bit too strong, but they did nerf it in this patch slightly, so we'll see how that sticks.
0: Yeah, and it's refreshing to see Kaya Sanj, right?
1: Yeah, true. Like,
0: it's actually being bought now that it got many buffs. This was an item that was like a meme, right? <clears throat> Sorry, nobody was buying Kaya until this patch, but now it's good enough that it actually gets bought frequently. Yeah, true. Um just needs some tuning whether it's overpowered or not. But it's nice to at least see the item in the games, right? Like Locket is still very rare, uh, eh, but does get picked, picked up by more. certain heroes at least at this point.
1: So that's nice. I was You're surprised know, Warlock out. I was surprised Warlock shard was not nerfed. I, I find that to be I don't know how mm. this is in EU, but NA, it's just like for some reason, Warlock gets through to the first phase or even second phase sometimes. It just wins like ninety percent of the games. It's feels unbelievably good right now. So that's a little Warlock's surprising good. from pro perspective. But okay, let's talk about some a different take. Uh le- level one tower taking is a yes. thing right now, which I think is very cool. Uh interested to hear your I uh your hold on one sec, let me bring up this game. So it actually happened in AD2L first, and the lineup Mm -hmm. was Faceless Void, Beastmaster, which I think are the two irrelevant ones that aren't 100% needed, Nature's Prophet, Abaddon, Snapfire. And then we saw it again in an actual Chinese DPC game with those same three, the Snapfire, Abaddon, Nature's Prophet, and then they had a Luna... Along with an LC, so you have. And they the took the that minus... tower in
0: the Chinese DPC, and then they lost in 15 minutes. But oh, I... <laughs> they took the tower.
1: Well, they were up, so. they were up by a lot for just a moment there. But so Nature's profit, kind of you know, the triance to to tank a lot of damage. Abaddon with the passive to get the extra attack speed onto the tower, and then Snapfire's little shredder for the minus armor. That's basically the components that you need. What do you think about this? Do you think okay. this needs to be nerfed? So... Do you like it the way it is?
0: I think, I think we need to go back a little bit. This was a strategy that my friends used to play 10 years ago. Mm. And they still do it sometimes. And they call it tower tack. Like tower tactic. Where they start <laughs> with a lineup and they just go and take a tower. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember how long ago... How long ago could you do this? When did tier 1 towers get backdoor protection? Or lose backdoor protection?
1: Well, it went back and forth, Actually, you know
0: what? They used to do it when towers had backdoor protection. They would just go five people to a lane and then push the first creep wave and start hitting the tower, Hmm. S5. So it's like an optimized version because there's no backdoor now. But Um, there was a
1: time in Dota where there wasn't even backdoor in general, right? So it went back and forth a couple times.
0: Yeah, Um, but... like. The thing is, this is not like a crazy new innovation, but seeing it in high-level play is very rare, right? So that's why yeah. it's that's what's cool and and funny about it. Um, I think what's appealing about it now is that the trade-off is relatively small because there's, um, you can probably pull it off and still get at least one of four bounty runes, and then you can. After taking that tower, you can stabilize and TP to your lanes. So as long as your strategy is sound and can work, then it's fine. And the enemy safe lane is obviously super unhappy to lose their tower. So I think it's worth it sometimes, but I also think teams can really easily be like overhyped about something like this, where it seems amazing, but you need to look at the big picture of the game. Like, okay, you took this tower, what's next? Is your lineup going to win against the enemy team? Can you punish enough from that small lead you got? Because it doesn't come for free, right? Your heroes need to teleport after. So they use mana, they use their TP cooldown, they therefore can't swap lanes afterwards, so you're committed to the lanes you teleport to. Which is, in high-level play, a lot of the times, actually game-losing to TP to a lane, because then the enemy team can TP after you with the lane they want, and then you're stuck. Then you have to just sit there and eat the bad matchup. Um, So, a lot of risks, but it's fun. And... You know, good old tower attack. <laughs> Shout out to my friends who did this all the fucking time. So your <laughs> I thought stance, it was the coolest shit. Your stance right, <laughs> is right now is every game. it doesn't need uh, to be
1: rebalanced at all, right?
0: No, I don't think this is broken in any way.
1: I, I agree. And I'm going to take it a step further, as I always do, Cinder. And although I know you agree with me on this. I, I want level one Roche back. 100% I want that. Yeah. Before. I love that so much. Because I feel like from a pro perspective... It's not that hard to check, especially with the bounty runes right there. Like, they're going to be in that area anyway. And you can usually tell when there's a potential for level one Roche. Mm-hmm. But right now, if let's say, I mean, it's not impossible to do Roche at level one. It's just not worth it because you get, like, nothing. You get an Aegis, which early game is whatever. And the amount of gold you get is, you know, it's decent. But the levels you get is absolute garbage versus what it used to be. But I would love to see so... one Roches back.
0: The problem that I used to have with level one Roche was that pulling it off was too important, like too impactful. So it was like, so you guys did level one Roche, you just have 90% chance of winning the game. And then it was like, okay, that's stupid. So it kind of got made really, really hard, and now it's like, even if you pull it off, it's not necessarily like a huge advantage. It's a clear advantage, but it's not like stupidly good. So I think this is it's this like thin line you're treading when you balance this where you want it to be a possibility but you also don't want it to be so that when you pull this off it's way too impactful because i'm sure you would agree that if a team wins strictly off of taking level one rosh that's kind of lame like it should be a cool strategic element that gives them an advantage that they've earned but it shouldn't be like oh fuck they're all level three they go right. to all three lanes crush them the game's over 10 minutes because they killed the one rosh like is I- that fun it's not really interesting I so.
1: told you, I think, about the... We had this... If you guys remember from Dota Cinema, we had this series called uh, Top Plays that used to get a mm-hmm. lot of views back when we actually got good clips. And there was one... And this just showed you how hilarious this aspect of level one Roche was. There was this... Mm-hmm. Remember, the Roshan pit was totally different space. Think of it like to the bottom right of the tier one mid for the Dire, okay? Yeah. And the Radiant was level one Roching, and there was a lichen on the team that had his two invisible wolves in the Roche pit. He knew it was happening, okay? And there happened to be a Storm Spirit standing by his Tier 1 tower, just jerking off, doing his own thing. The lichen on the Storm Spirit's team ended up killing the Roche, even though there's five heroes on the other team doing it. And the Storm Spirit just standing there was level 5. That is so hilarious, because he got the solo. like if it's a whole team right. doing it, everybody got level two back then. If It's one hero, it's level five. And yep. I understand what you're saying, and I agree. it was too imbalanced, but at the same time, from a viewer perspective, that is so awesome. you know I think I've maybe told you the
0: story record. before as well. I think it was a scrim. This is back in 2011 or something, a scrim against MYM, or maybe it was in Dota One. They specifically did the strategy and gave all the experience to Tinker. Mm. enjoy playing mid 1v1 against a level 5 tinker from the beginning of the game
1: yeah
0: yeah it was it was not very fun i think you gotta scout Rush, so, yeah. noob jeez <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i would be fine with making it more viable to do again i just don't want the old state back because i think that is worse than not having it at all personally i think the old version was way too good and the new version is probably too bad right
1: so well, the other aspect to, to it is, if they do contest you and you die, you actually lose the game probably then as well, because you just get five man wiped because you're really right. be low, right? But it, again, that's the thing. Like,
0: way. is that is that interesting as well, right? Like, look at the big picture. If it feels like the entirety of the game hangs on the first minute, then that's just isn't that just a, a hype killer for a series or a game? If it's like there's this one moment that's super hype, but it's at minute zero, right? And then after that, you're just like, oh well, I guess that's it like you want people to keep watching the game and you want the players to play for something. So, yeah. It's important that it comes with argue. a risk. It's impactful but not stupidly good.
1: I think you can argue either way actually cuz one yeah. enormously hype moment like like I still remember a couple of those level 1 roches, you know. They were very mm-hmm. iconic in their time, but I do get your side. Okay. Uh next thing on the list is something that we added <laughs> as the podcast started. Uh apparently Alliance has added PPD as a coach on a trial basis. Their tweet says, every leader needs trusted and experienced advisors. It's with that said, we are happy to share that Peter Pandam will join us as a coach on a trial basis. And for some reason, it's a picture of him, S4, and Loda. That's a little random, but...
0: uh, (laughs) Uh, Well, Loda has been the coach of the team forever, right? Okay. Like the officially a coach. So I guess maybe there's going to be like some sort of as far as the drafter, and then PPD is probably the primary drafting or strategic coach, and then maybe Loda plays like a secondary coach role. It's my guess, and that's why it's presented like that. Okay. Um, so at least he think? was the previous coach for yeah for a long time. So uh, there was a hint at this from a tweet from Nico Baby, I think a week ago or whatever, where he tweeted, shout out to our coach, and then he posted like three salts. In his tweet. Um, what do you call that? Salt shaker? No, is it called a salt shaker?
1: Sorry, I was half listening. Salt shaker is what you have salt in to put on food. Yeah,
0: the one you just have on the table, even if it's a little one that you just put salt in your food with, It's a salt shaker. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he posted, uh, he posted, th- shout out to our coach or whatever, and then three salt shakers. So people started speculating already. So that probably means that PPD has been already on trial for a bit, and now it's like an official thing. So this is this doesn't mean that in Alliance's next series, they will have PPD as coach for the first time. He mm-hmm. definitely has already been working with them. Um, why is it trial basis is a good question. Um, there's a couple of things it could be. could be that Alliance wants to see if he's a good fit. It could be because PPD isn't sure that this is something he really wants to commit to full-time. Um, and maybe they're working out whether it should be a part-time thing in general or a full-time. And... I guess maybe he's keeping his options open. Maybe he still wants to compete. Maybe he wants to be talent. Um, PPD kind of has a foot in all the doors, right? So it's a matter of what he is motivated to do. I think the most, and maybe that's what they're finding out.
1: Yeah. If that's something he would like to. I I don't think there's much more to add because we have no idea what's going to happen. We'll just—I guess—results will speak for themselves. Uh, Yeah and whether that'll be a more permanent position. So we wish PPD luck. It is Mm -hmm. weird to see him go to Alliance when obviously he's known for EG, although he's not affiliated with EG anymore. Was their CEO randomly for a year. (laughs) I always forget about that one. Uh, But yeah, he's had a long and story career for sure. So hopefully it works out. All right. And then final thing on the Dota side of things, Cinder. We have a few other non-Dota related stuff to talk about. I thought we talk about this. So Dota Plus, not the one that you pay for to get your stacking times incorrect all the time that you pay Valve for. The Dota Plus which is the oh, what is it? Fox something? What's that program? Overwolf. Wolf, Overwolf. Overhorse. Um there was a there was a thread <laughs> about whether it's too unfair to have the ability to know what heroes people spam or not. So I thought this would be an interesting thing to talk about, whether you think that's mm-hmm. too powerful of a a feature to have.
0: So basically what this thing does, to my understanding, is that when the game starts, it scans all the it scans the recent match history of every player in the game, and it tells you what the enemy players are playing a lot and have the best win rate with. So that you can target bands. Right. So it's basically doing a scan that is humanly impossible in that short time of people's pages. And the information that it uses is not something that's hidden. So it is public information that you could get yourself. And that's kind of the primary discussion here in the argument that I've read about this, is that one side of the fence says, well, it's publicly available information. Somebody was bound to code a program for it. You can either... You know, you can join them and accept it, or you can play at this disadvantage. But it's right there, and the other one is this type of software should be banned because it should not—you should not be allowed to gather this information faster than you could do manually, because time is an important resource in drafting in mm-hmm. pub games. Um, and another argument that I saw was that this is um, this was something that a lot of people used in League of Legends, I think, to target their bans as well. And what League did was it hid what opponents you have until the draft is over, which is actually a pretty elegant solution. How um, do they do that? The game begins, you go into draft, you can see who all your teammates are, and all the opponents are called enemy one, two, three, four, five. And when the draft is over and the game loads in, you see who you're playing against. So it means so you're, you're drafting, the, the you're, you're drafting also, against a blind team, basically.
1: But the program wouldn't be able to see that either?
0: No. Because it doesn't know who you're facing. So it can't give you anything.
1: So I don't wanna speak so, out of, like mm-hmm. about stuff I don't know that much about, but I know that Dota has an API which, you know, a lot of these companies use to gather this public right. information. I don't know mm-hmm. if League like I don't know what Riot does with that kind of stuff because they're much more restrictive so it might just be something that again i don't know what i'm talking about when it comes to Riot. um thing.
0: i think they have something similar to dota buff where you can just go and look at your match history whether you won or lost what you played your win rates all this stuff similar to what you can find in dota i think it's pretty one-to-one and i'm pretty sure riot specifically implemented this change only for this reason mm. i'm not hundred percent sure it might have also been something about like Yeah, I I don't really see any other really good reason to cloak the opposing team apart from not being able to use statistics programs against them to limit their enjoyment of playing the game, right? Mm. Because technically, it's not only for the sake of, oh, I'm going to give myself a competitive advantage by banning the enemy team's favorite heroes. You're also, on average, making them have less fun because you're banning the heroes they want to play, right? People want to play the heroes they win with. Um, And the banning system in League is different Everybody in the team has one ban, and it cannot fail. So you could, like, stack bans on a guy. You could be like, oh, this is the highest ranked player in the opposing team, which we know because we can see his rank on the Dota buff version of League. And then all five of us just ban his best heroes. And five heroes is a relatively reasonable hero pool in League. (laughs) It's a bit different than Dota with how many heroes you actually play. Right, so... So if so, yeah, if what you're
1: saying that. is true and that they're basically mm-hmm. the same, they're just using an open API, then yeah. yeah, they should definitely do that. I don't I don't see a downside. Is there like the downside? The downside is if that
0: I would argue is that it's kind of you know it's the classic argument that's just how it is, which I don't like as an argument, but I feel like it's part of it. Feels like part of the game in the draft to use your knowledge of the player and try to build a strategy around countering a specific playstyle that you know an opponent has. Right. So what's going to end up happening is if you cloak the opponent team, that's a huge advantage for cheese last pick hero spammers because you'll never know when you're facing them. So currently, if you're playing against a guy who you're like, oh, this guy, he always last picks Brood, you will ban Brood every game. You're against that guy. But now you wouldn't know. So more games will be these last pick cheese games. You know, an easy fix to that.
1: You know, an easy is to not make heroes cheese.
0: Right. Get rid um, of
1: the aspects of these heroes that make, like, Ark Wardens.
0: Like, right. Get rid of that God. A lot of people aspect, would say that. Uh, Um, I mean, there's been heroes in the past where I conceptually 100% agree that I dislike the design. Like Old Brood, for example. New Brood is different, but still kind of a cheese pick, I guess, depending on the game. Uh, But it's more streamlined than it was before. Um, I think my stance on this is that the perfect solution, in my opinion, is to allow us to see the opponents and then not have Dota Plus be a thing. The program, not... Regular Dota Plus well, is great, but, but not with people.
1: See, the downside to that is you're restricting the API for every everybody, right? Unless they're able to do something where, like, all right, this specific program can't get this specific information, which, again, I don't know yeah. enough about this to really give a definitive solution to this, but it would hurt everybody that uses any kind of public API during the beginning of the match, right?
0: That's the yes. slippery
1: slope with that solution that's the so. problem
0: like that's why i'm saying it's the perfect solution but i don't know if it's a feasible one so if we don't get that one then let's say the two other options are number one cloak the enemy team and number two is leave it as it is which one do you like more
1: uh yeah that that whole last pick brood really really spoke to me sindarin except replace brood with arc warden so right I'll i mean probably just keep it as it is now <laughs>
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's the thing like both things are bad right in their own way i feel like the downsides to both are bigger than the upsides which sucks because it means both solutions are not satisfactory right but the
1: the difference is though like when i'm going into a game like even as i don't use this program i'm still going in blind they can still last pick that brute or arc warden or whoever if it doesn't get banned because i try to ban that stupid fucking hero every time anyway but for you guys you recognize the other players anyway because you're at a high level you play against the same people so actually, mm. now that I think about it, at my level, it would be, quote, unquote, better to, I guess, just restrict it. But then it sucks for everybody else. Yeah, it, there's not an elegant, it doesn't sound like there's an elegant solution. Unless we talk to like, uh, talk to Buka about it and see what he thinks. But yeah, i talking to somebody that actually knows how these APIs work. Uh, but it's, it's, I think it's an objective truth that having this program does give you an advantage for sure.
0: What if any API lookup, I don't know if this is possible to implement, but imagine any API lookup where you want to find people's uh, match history and all this stuff is allowed, but you need to wait five minutes. Then you could use it for all sorts of strategic, competitive planning for all sorts of programs and whatnot, but you couldn't use it instantly for pubs.
1: Again, then I it would that outlast I the that,
0: draft basically, and then you would get the results. Yeah, I don't could know you how do that?
1: Trickle effect works for like what other people use the API in a more honest way, right? I don't know.
0: I'm I'm not saying for all API stuff, but specifically for the part of the API that looks oh, up saying, okay. match history. Right. Only that, and everything else is instant. But only the stuff that tells you the match history of the player, what heroes did they play, their win rates, and that stuff. If that wasn't instant. Right, but you can still minutes. see
1: who the enemies are in case you want yes. to... Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And okay. you could see all sorts of other stuff for their account. Like, whatever. I don't really know exactly what this API stuff is used for. So maybe right. this is a stupid suggestion. But if it was only that element of it that was forced delay from server
1: side... If, if that like... would be possible, then yeah, that, that could be an answer. But mm. don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because neither of us know how any of this actually works. Unless you're a secret right. coder. And I don't know about it. It's just your secret life, secret identity that you're keeping hidden from us.
0: The, th- the thing is, even if you delayed it by five minutes, you still, like, then in that single game, you wouldn't have the info, but you would have it in the future, right? So for that one game, you get the info five minutes later, you're like, oh, fuck, this guy plays Brood. He picked Brood. I could have banned it. But then you know, then you have him logged. <laughs> so if you face him again, you have his history, right? If you have a program like that, it would store the information, of course. Mm. So it would only save one So I don't even know if that's good. It, it's probably, it's better the further down you get, where the player ba- the bigger the player base is, because then it's less likely you face the same guy again on average, right? So it helps more in the most populated range of MMR and helps least in the extreme ranges. So very bottom and very top.
1: But, okay. Yeah. Well, let's but an interesting move on. discussion. Yeah, actually. That's, why, that's why I put it in there. Okay uh next topic which is actually going to be very short is valorant i forgot to mention this Uh last week but a new map has been released it's actually pretty cool because you can queue into that just that map now it's not available in ranked or anything but if you want to just play that map you can it's called breeze and it's pretty early on but it might be the best map they have actually it's very good Uh, it's pretty wide open it's pretty op friendly which i guess could be a downside but Nice. Um, it it's a lot of fun. Next time we play Valorant, we'll try it out, Syndra, in about six months mm-hmm. when we when you play again.
0: Oh, um, it's I haven't got a single request from you to play.
1: Yeah, that's
0: good. Don't get invited.
1: And something happened to me uh, that I want to briefly talk about because I thought this would be a really good discussion about because mm-hmm. sometimes when I know that people meme about me being a CS pro and all that shit, but or mm-hmm. we meme about it ourselves. I do have a lot of experience with FPS games when it comes to competitive play. And I know that right. you can relate to this on a mobile level, where if somebody's being toxic, like backseating you, it makes you play so much worse. So, to give the TLDR, what happened to me, not that this was like, I wasn't really negatively affected. I just found it funny, if anything. But I was playing a game of ranked and I was playing <laughs> super fucking bad. Mm-hmm. And,. Like, I was like 3 and 14, just could not do anything. It's just, you know, sometimes you just have these games. And this guy just kept backseating from the beginning of the game. Very vocal, very toxic. <clears throat> Except, of course, he doesn't think he's being toxic. I find this is actually a very common thing, where people don't think they're being toxic, but just pointing out that somebody's playing bad will actually make them play worse. It's actually... It's,
0: <laughs> how does that help? anything? hey, if, man, you're playing bad. Okay. Well,
1: it's funny, because oh. he would complain, and I was actually being nice at first uh Uh and saying like thing you know i'm sorry i'm playing bad i understand that. i literally said that i understand i'm playing bad uh but pointing it out is actually going to be counterintuitive i'll probably be playing worse because you're saying this and i did i played worse and he started getting angry and angrier of course i could have muted him but you know it was kind of funny and at the end of the the game because in ranked, you can't see what the ranks are yet right and i'm like right. i wish i could see the look on your face my friend when you look at the ranks and see that i am a higher rank than you and of course i didn't get to see it because at the end of the game you, can't, you don't have any real i should have added them hmm. but of course much higher rank so even better players can play worse than you at times um, and i don't it's weird because i've had bad games in dota But I feel like somebody... I I know this isn't the case, but for me, if somebody's saying I'm playing bad, I actually don't feel like it would negatively affect me that much in Dota versus FPS. I don't know what the difference is.
0: Probably that you have higher expectations toward yourself in FPS games, and therefore it bothers you more when you're having a bad game. Because you yourself feel like you should be playing better. Where in Dota, it's like more... You're more going in with the expectancy that the game could be harder for you on average because you think you're worse at the game than shooters, right? It's like your competitive field.
1: So you're saying I it's have like a, a giant I think ego. it would be the
0: exact same for me in Valorant or CS, because like, I go in and I know I'm like, like I'm not as good at this game as I am at the other game that I'm really passionate about and really care about or this genre. So if I play worse, it's like it's more to expectation. That doesn't mean you go into Dota and you're like, man, I'm shit at this game. Hope I don't fucking suck every game. But you kind of have like, in the back of your mind, you know you're not part of the elite. Whereas in shooters, you kind of feel like you are, right? You're
1: probably right to some degree. That's definitely true. I think another thing is you can't, like, unless you're dead and just specific, even then you don't have player perspective for Dota, right? Where you Mm -hmm. can't see what they're clicking. Like, it's not as easy to see. I mean, you can see fuck-ups, don't get me wrong. But versus an FPS game, you can really see when they're playing horribly right
0: And i guess it's also more binary in shooters right yeah it's,
1: a little bit more yeah for sure it's
0: more obvious whether something is good or bad in dota there are good deaths and there are bad kills right in cs or valorant it's generally i'm not going to say it's like super basic but like the concept of these, these games is a little bit more straightforward whether someone is owning or not uh or sucking
1: so, so. Before we got all this breaking news uh, before the podcast, we had very little to talk about. But the reason I put this in here is because I thought it'd be interesting just to talk about or just, I don't know, inform people. It's, it's hard. Like Sometimes you know something, but you don't realize other people. It's not familiar to them. And on a competitive level, like even when I owned DC, I would like listen to the players playing. And at times, they'd be like, man, you were so toxic that game. And I'm thinking to myself, my God. They're like snowflakes, basically. But... It's actually gotten more pronounced over the years where people are more conscious of the like the negativity and they try to mm-hmm. combat that at all angles. And it makes a huge difference. That's why every single team, like no team will have a ton of negativity in it and be able to exist for very long. It's just a fact. Yeah. Life coaches are really important for this. Like some people can't manage on their own. So life coaches really help, but other teams just work better together. So I don't know. I thought it was an interesting topic. Um, I think people definitely overlook... How important that kind of stuff is. And it's funny coming from me that complains a lot, but in a competitive environment, I'm like I'm never toxic to my teammates. You know, I might complain a lot about the game or the enemies or something like that, which you shouldn't do probably, but I'm never shitting on my team for like, God, you suck at this game. You need to play better, bro. Get some more fucking kills, bro. Uh, (laughs) why don't
0: you kill them? That's how we win.
1: (laughs) Yes. I think you're shots. Anyway. Yeah, I, I find that fascinating. Anywho, next thing, uh, CSGO update. It's the end of the Broken Fang uh, operation. Um, they've changed some maps around. There was, I would actually be interested. I couldn't get a definitive answer on this. They have kept Mirage in the play pool. And I saw a lot mm-hmm. of people complaining about that. And keep in mind, I haven't really followed CSGO even the past few years. I don't know what the issue with Mirage is because back in the day, that was CPL Strike, which turned into Mirage. Even in CS:GO, right. the early days, it was a very balanced map. So I'm not sure what the complaints are about it. The uh, most but I found that interesting.
0: The most balanced CS 1.6 map, widely considered, was Mill. Right? Have we had this conversation uh, before?
1: I would. One point uh, It depends on how late in 1.6 I guess. But
0: what came ahead. later? Source. No, no, but in 1.6. Like, was there a more balanced map than Mill toward the end? You said depends on when in 1.6.
1: Well, I wasn't following 1.6 towards the later end. That's why I can't speak. I think, uh, I remember Cash was pretty popular. I don't know how balanced it was. Okay. But Uh, Mill was a very good map, yeah.
0: What was, there was a map in CSGO that's designed based on Mill, right? Is that Mirage that's
1: closest to Mill? No, Mirage is Strike. CPL Strike.
0: That was Strike, you're right. So is Mill not in the game?
1: No, I've actually so not to go off on a tangent, but the thing I've complained about most about CS:GO is mm-hmm. the maps that they have yet to put in. They keep remake, god, you're going to make me rage, dude. All right, settle down. I am a Counter-Strike enthusiast from back in the day, so it's actually it really bothers me that they fucked up this game mm-hmm. so bad from my perspective. I know a lot of people don't don't agree with this. But yeah, you're right. There's maps like Mill which turned into a map called Tuscan, which actually was a much more balanced map overall. That is an incredible right. map they have yet to put in. They put in Strike, which is uh, Mirage, which is a great map, mm-hmm. or it was at least. Uh, but they keep remaking like Cobble, Nuke. They've re- Over the course of Counter-Strike, Nuke has always been a complete dog shit. Even the literal beta 4 when it came on, I played it back in 1990, fucking 9. It was a garbage map, and they've remade it five times, and it's still a garbage. Stop remaking it. Put in actually season. True.
0: Nuke has never been good.
1: Put in Se- the best map, ever been good. in my experience, is, CP- is, is Season for Source. They never had it for 1.6. They tried bring it to CSGO, but people were complaining about the textures. The most balanced map of all time is Season. There's also maps like Contra, which were great. Like they, they have so many maps they could implement. I don't know if there's like some copyright issue, but then if there's a copyright issue, why is Mirage in the game? That's a CPL map. Mill? Yeah. Maybe they gave
0: permission? I don't know. But isn't, like, all of the maps that were designed for Counter-Strike, I think are by by TOS, I think they're owned by Valve. I'm pretty sure nobody could make a map in Counter-Strike and then be like, no, Valve, we're not letting you have this, you have to pay for it. I'm pretty sure it was Valve property by being made in that game. I think so. I don't know why I remember this, but I'm pretty sure I saw something about that at one point. Like there's this Maybe idea that's that
1: uh Duh. that maps need to be I think the only map they've implemented to my knowledge that people like and is actually balanced is called it was a Overpass. Um Overpass was pretty good, I think. But they've added a couple new maps. I have yet to really, you know, I don't play Counter Strike anymore, but uh, I believe it's called Oh shit. I had it here. They got rid of train for the time being, which makes me sad. I used to like, I train, like train back in the day. That's a good map. I mean, it depended on the version. Sometimes I, we're really getting the Counter-Strike history here, so I won't go too long. But right. uh, the reason I brought this up is not just because of this, but because of the apparent turning of the tides, which I find hilarious, where mm. if you remember when Valorant first came out, they came out with the anti-cheat that has root access. And people are like, I don't want people to have access to root right there, tell you what. But the reality mm-hmm. of the situation is any actual good anti-cheat basically has that um and now there are so many cheaters in counter-strike so many fucking blatant cheaters and again this i don't know the specifics on the actual numbers because there's probably no way to know but my friend who used to play competitively back in the day he plays all the time says one out of every three games has a blatant hacker like spin bot type deal and he plays right, where there's like no
0: level. even no reasonable doubt it's just yeah.
1: Yeah. To the point where, like, if somebody's cheating, the, somebody on your team will say, Okay, I'm going to activate my cheats to, to go hammer. So the tides have kind of turned on the whole idea of like Valorant being evil, having root access, mm-hmm. and now the community wants it. And there's actually been some discussion that the original resistance towards Valorant was manufactured <laughs> by the hacking communities, like a fear mongering strategy, if you will. Right. Which. Would make sense because that's a lot of money. I mean, that's a lot of mm-hmm. money you can make on the Yeah, I mean, it's work. totally
0: a legit strategy for a company that does that.
1: Legit. That's an interesting word to use. <laughs>
0: okay. No, I know what All right, Maybe here. the wrong word. Totally an understandable strategy from their perspective of making money with it. Not yeah. legit as in, yeah, nice or good idea, you know. You get
1: right. the idea. You get the point. So, yeah. Sounds like CSGO in terms of like a public playing perspective is a real shit show mm-hmm. right now. So we'll see what Valve does about right. that. Okay. Next thing on the list, we'll briefly talk about Sony is now working with Discord to integrate into PlayStation consoles. Uh, I don't believe we mentioned this, but Discord was previously in talks with Microsoft to be potentially bought. That has been that has fallen through. Which yeah, what well, was it? Based, Microsoft
0: wanted to pay again.
1: I don't know. Was how it much? It was a billion. Not sure, but I think we can all. I mean, I love Windows. Don't get me wrong, but. Microsoft does not have a good track record. I don't know what they would have done with Skype. Like, are they going to try to? Int- would they have tried to integrate it? Like, they let Skype go. Oh, it says here they let Skype get destroyed by the. The
0: company was reportedly in talks to be acquired by Microsoft in a ten billion dollar deal earlier this year, but those talks appear to have ended with Discord deciding to stay as an independent company instead. Ten billion. Ten billion dollars. I would have done it. Holy shit!
1: <laughs> wow. That's, wow.
0: Whenever I hear a story like that where people get offered a shit ton of money for something and they turn it down, that I feel like that shows one of two things. Either you're really passionate about your project or your product and it means more to you than anything they could pay, or you don't need the money. right? Like Those are the two options, really. Um,
1: or you're stupid. That's the third option. Oh,
0: that's true. I mean, yeah. So... I guess there's also the last option, technically, that you think you're worth more, right? <clears throat> um, which you could argue Discord is in a position right now where in the game community, it's one of a kind, and it's, um, they might feel like down the line, it's more profitable for them to not sell their company for $10 billion because the integration in the future, such as what they're working on with PlayStation or whatever, if their product is this good and it's used this widely, you have such a strong grip on the... Community, right? That you don't necessarily want to sell that out because you can tap it so much.
1: You know what? I I appreciate Discord because what they did is they they were about to partner with Microsoft and they looked at the marketing strategy that Microsoft has employed on the Xbox. uh, From the Xbox to the Xbox 360, which is a full 360, by the way. That doesn't make any sense. Then the Xbox One. Then the Xbox One S then the Xbox Series X, also known as Xbox Sex, so not only were they discussed, they were obviously disgusted by that because they went to Sony now, the main competitor of Xbox, PlayStation. Yeah. Sindarin, I'm excited. Uh, hopefully they, <laughs> hopefully they come up with something cool. Uh, but yeah, that's news there. And the last topic of today. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I just know this is going to be a hilarious conversation. Bill Gates is getting a divorce. From Melinda Gates, they've been married, I believe, 28 years, I want to say it off the top of my head. They're known for having a very cool foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, or something to that effect. They are most known for, along um, with—oh, God, I can't remember the other billionaire's name—but for promising to give up their basically their whole fortune by the time they die— to charities and other right. cool I mean that's for a billionaire to do that, I think that is that shows a lot to me, like the fact that their right. children are only getting like a couple million which you know it's nothing compared to what they have um a Warren buffett who's I was who I was thinking of, but, but yeah, they're getting divorced. I believe that their eldest again, off of memory, it just turned eighteen, so that's probably in the works for a hmm. while uh there's you know. There's rumors on what the hell is going on. Like, why are they not? I I found this angle a little bit interesting. Of course, it's probably not true. But the angle of they finally had to hang out with each other because of corona. So if you're a billionaire and you're running this ginormous foundation, you probably don't see your family very often. (laughs) You're probably off doing other stuff or working all the time. And now that you're stuck at home, to some degree at least, you actually have to talk to one another. And maybe they just didn't click anymore, you know? And the hilarious thing about this is there's this rumor, which doesn't even feel like a rumor, that apparently in the prenup that Bill Gates made his uh, fiance at the time sign was he Mm -hmm. was allowed to spend one weekend a year, or was it week, with his ex every year. What do you think about that, Sindarin?
0: That sounds really weird. It sounds that like sounds a like a
1: fabricated. It just sounds
0: like a fabricated story. <laughs> I mean, who knows? It might be true, but that's like a really uh, weird thing to put in a prenup.
1: It's really weird. I know. I, that's again, it's just a rumor. But I, I'm seeing it everywhere. I, I just know. had to mention it. I,
0: I feel like that's the kind uh, of thing that people would come up with to start drama about why they split and be like, "Oh, it was something with the X." And the reason he saw the X <laughs> was that because he's a billionaire, he put it in the prenup. Like, it sounds so far fetched.
1: Yeah that is probably true. Yeah, actually. That's how I so. was gonna say as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh but, but uh, I don't know. That they, they were under hot water a bit this last week, or at least she was, uh, before this announcement, because somebody was asking them about the you know how the whole five G like people mm-hmm. believe that uh five G slash Bill Gates are putting their chips in people with vaccination. By the way if you're one of those people, you're a literal fucking idiot, by the way. I, I just have to say, you are a literal bottom of the fucking earth, garbage idiot, moron. You should not exist, probably. But um,
0: that sounds like the next the, nickname from our embroached uh, tier.
1: If you <laughs> is that the hundred dollar tier? <laughs>
0: uh, no, 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 no! Just our guy who always has these fucked up nicknames. That's his next one. Oh, if you don't take the vaccine, yeah, yeah. you're a literal fucking moron, idiot, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. but anyway, what was I getting at here? Uh, what the? <laughs> what was I say? I just went on a tangent. About X or anti vaxxers being, idi- oh, yeah. So she was under hot water a bit because somebody was asking her, like, what do they think about that stupid fucking rumor that he's putting chips in people? And her response apparently was kind of weird to some people because she basically said that technology is not even possible yet. Where she should have said, of course he wouldn't do that. He's a good person and the technology right. is a bit. But so they've had some headlines recently and I kind of <laughs> found it funny. So.
0: Okay. Well, she said yet, so they're clearly working on it.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's do one community question. From wait, was this in the name? I don't know, but it's from. They're wiping their was, butts in the yeah. fountain with thousand dollar bills. It says that was in the. Name. I've been watching since episode one, but stopped watching a year ago when I switched from third to first shift. Recently i checked in to see if sinner had watched in bruges yet incredible movie by the way came back episode 92 with jenkins and i was picking up where i left off except this time sin actually watched it amazing anyway here's my question do you think valve will ever appoint a community leader to dota 2 and can you give me three reasons why slacks would be a good candidate and can you give me three reasons why he would be a terrible terrible just the absolute worst option for the position p.s wow not biased it was nice meeting you at Benaroya Sindarin TI2, and I yearn for the oh, day that, nice. that the fountain is Imba, Sunset. Thank you. Thanks for yes. the greatest podcast series that ever was. So we don't. let's yeah. not do three reasons. But, good takes. Yeah.
0: He liked me at Benaroya. That's a good take. Oh, it was nice to meet me. Maybe he just
1: you had wanted a, to spit. You had a bit British accent back then. I enjoyed hanging yeah. out with you. It's like a different person entirely. So
0: maybe it's not even me anymore. Maybe you met a different person.
1: Let's answer first, should they have a community manager, which we've kind of talked about before. And then why? We think yes, right? What? Okay. If they should, yes. Will they? No.
0: Right. But, oh yeah, right. The question was, will they? Right. So no. Ever. Okay. So the question is, will they ever? Because there are some things where, you know, a couple of years ago, When we said, will they ever, we would have said no. And then there's been a couple of surprises along the way that Valve have done stuff that people thought they wouldn't do, right? We still don't think they will do this one.
1: If they were to do it, Wickram would be the choice now, probably.
0: Probably. Wickram or... Yeah. I mean, it depends what kind of community leader or community manager or whatever you would want, right? Because... It depends how you want it to reflect on your company. The reason people obviously talk a lot about Slacks is that he's very he's very much out there in the game, in the scene, and everything. He's like very vocal and he makes content that makes him very relatable. Whereas Wickram generally just posts the updates, right, with nice graphics and stuff, but there's not like that personal touch as often or as much. True. Uh, and people are probably more likely to see the appeal in someone who they get to, you know, relate to more as a human being, or at least see more of a human part of which Slacks obviously does. Um, I think among, let's say among the talent or players or whatever, among everybody who is like, who's very much on camera, I think Slacks is the best choice. Um, But depending on what Valve would want, if they were to do this, I don't know if he would be the best choice for them. Okay. Because I, mean- I, I think a lot of the times when these companies pick a community manager, I think in most games, the community manager people want somebody that's like really Usually what I see in other games anyway is that the community manager is pretty professional and to the point. And <laughs> like you rep you represent the com you represent the community, but you also represent the company, right? It's this like awkward position where you're right. trying to be the the bridge between the company and the community, but ultimately you are hired by the company. So you get paid to make the company look good, not to make the community super happy, right? You try to you, look good by making the community happy, but you're on the company's side.
1: You ascend, um, yeah, you, you need to be under right? the company's thumb, essentially. Yes. So a personality that has a following is too risky. Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: It depends. Like That's the one thing. And then the other thing is, okay, if you are representing the company... Uh, on behalf of trying to make the community uh, please appease the community, is someone like Slack's maybe a little bit too wild and too crazy, which sometimes is great, and he's fucking funny. I love the guy, and I think he would do a great job. But I could see why a community or a company like Valve would maybe be a little cautious with something like that from an official community manager position. Uh, Now, the way they use him as talent at TI and stuff, they're well on board with a lot of his crazy and fun ideas, which is awesome. But I think the style Valve employ, would employ in an entertainment situation like broadcast versus a business perspective like community would probably be different strategy. And for that strategy, I don't know if they would pick Slacks. I guess that's okay. That kind of maybe answers the the good and the bad reasons to an extent as well. I think
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it uh, from a different perspective. So I'm not gonna rate it from perspective of Valve whether they think it would be a good right. I think, I'm going to rate it on if it would be a good community manager for Mm -hmm. the game and the community. So for Slacks, the pros, obviously he cares a lot. He's very in tune with the community. Uh, He can handle criticism. Stuff Mm -hmm. like, I think he'd be very good at that stuff. Things he would be bad at. Um, He's very unorganized. He doesn't even use a fucking calendar it's 2021 he doesn't use a calendar still uh in fact he sent me an invite to a meeting because he would never show up for fails on time fails of the month that is and he literally sent me a google invite for the first time in his entire life wow so he is improving he has you know he could improve uh, all right, I'm supposed to be saying the negative. So he's not organized, and I think if a company is employing him, he might be a bit of a pushover. I think what he is very good at, which is also what he's very bad at, is people pleasing. Mm-hmm. So that puts him in like this weird middle position, which could be perfect for the community manager, right? That's why I th- I do think in the end he would be a good choice for the community. Right, but from Valve, like you need somebody you can control. Which I don't know if Slacks is.
0: <laughs> he can't even fucking control himself.
1: <laughs> he doesn't use a calendar. How can you control that? You know, it's to all of his place. <laughs> so, okay, that brings yeah. us to the end of episode one zero three. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Sindarin, thank you for joining us as well. Thank Jedi you, Mind. Wait, what does your shirt say? Yes,
0: Jedi Mind Tricks. It's a. What would you call that? Rap group. I guess I went to a concert with them. In they actually visited a small venue in the city that I studied in. How many years ago would that have been now? Nine, I think, eight or nine or something like that. And I went to that concert and I got the shirt.
1: Is that not copyrighted? What do you mean,
0: How Jedi? Do you use Jedi. I don't think Jedi is copyrighted. No, I mean their band is called Jedi Mind Tricks, and they've been called that. Right, I say band, their group. Um,
1: Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Very cool, Sinner. Thanks for enlightening us. Okay. Until next time, Sunset Sinner Sunday, I've a your good kind of music. One. Bye. Yeah, I know that. Goodbye. Subscribe. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.